All right. Hello and welcome back to Brian Carter 99, a 49ers podcast. Hope you're having a good day. I want to give a shout out to all of you who are tuning in and listening. That's right. All five of you who listen to this show, you get a special shout out. That's right. Not me, not my girlfriend who listens to these, but the other five people who will actually listen to this. You go. So we're just going to start out with just a couple little kind of quick newsy thingies, and then we're going to get into our final two rookie draft pick film breakdowns. Just a couple interesting nuggets, things that have happened over the last few days since our last pod. First thing is phase two of OTAs this week. So today's Wednesday as of recording. This week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we had the organized team activities at the 49ers facility. Over 80 players showed up for the workouts, which is pretty cool because you figure 90-man roster, over 80 people showing up, that's pretty much everybody. And, you know, there was these, it's kind of been these things going on about, like, how many people are going to show because, you know, COVID, still a thing. But, yeah, so people are showing up. I think what that means is that the team has good culture. People want to be there. They want to work out with the team. I get it, you know. Also, workout bonuses. I mean, some of these guys are getting paid, you know, getting paid to get in shape. I think, like, Armstead's getting, like, 100 grand. Jimmy, Jimmy's getting 600K to check in and work out. And uh, it was pretty funny because Niners released a little, you know, kind of like promotional video, like, hey, look at all the people showing up. Jimmy was looking a little thicker than normal. Like maybe he put on like a little little quarantine 15 or something since the last time we saw him. Nothing crazy, but it's pretty funny because, you know, thick Jimmy. Twitter's been all abuzz. <laughs> but hey, he's getting paid 600 grand to get back in shape. So, you know, can you hate on a dude for enjoying the off season and maybe eating some good food? After all, the dude is a rich, handsome fella. I wouldn't be surprised if he was getting fed by some, uh, you know, some hotties on the lowdown. Anyways, uh, some other interesting little things that have kind of happened. Since the schedule came out, Vegas came out with their kind of over-under win totals. So the betting market has the Niners pretty high. They have them at 10.5. So 10.5 wins is the over-under. That's actually tied with the Rams for, I believe, the fifth best record. So pretty interesting. And we'll go over the schedule next time, but schedule looks good. I, uh, I would... I would probably bet the over on that, just, you know, just being honest. We'll go through the schedule next week, though. So 10.5 wins, that's what Vegas and the market thinks. Jimmy, according to PFF, PFF came out with a thing ranking their top 32 starters. So their top 32. Uh, you know, you figure you got 32 teams. So who's the best starter? Well, it's not Jimmy. They ranked him as 22. Yeah, yeah, I got to disagree with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Jimmy's not a top five quarterback, but there's no way he's 22. I mean, they had, like, they had, they had, they had freaking, they had Trevor Lawrence. He's never played, like, in the NFL. He's a rookie. They had him rated above him. They had a couple of guys where I'm like, I would rather have Jimmy. And uh, I get the injury thing. Like, that's the biggest issue with Jimmy is the injuries, as we all know. But, I mean, when Jimmy's healthy, like, he's solid. He is a solid starting quarterback. He's not a top five guy, but 
I think he's firmly in the teens. I don't think there's 21 guys I would rather take than Jimmy. There's probably 10 for sure, but I don't think there's 20 guys I would take over Jimmy if I was looking for a starting quarterback. So it's kind of something interesting. Julio Jones trade rumors of all going around. Is he going to get traded? Is he not? Who knows? I don't think the Niners pick him up. It's just, you know, draft capital, you know, like the, the salary cap. Um, and I mean, as amazing as Julio is, like you are getting a 32-year-old receiver. And how many receivers fall, you know, just like fall off a cliff at like 32, 33, 34? I mean, Julio is amazing, you know, top top five, top three receiver the last, like, decade. But, yeah, I don't think that's happening. We'll see, though. You never know. Maybe midseason trade. That's the one thing that I think it way that it might work is if, uh, if Trey Lance seems to be ahead of schedule, Jimmy's playing well, you know, four or five, five games in, you know, they have the bye week in week six, and they're like, hey, you know what? We're going to hand the team over to Trey. See if you can trade Jimmy, maybe get a, a second rounder for him, and then you free up a lot of that cap space. And then, you know, spend a second rounder, get Julio, and now you have a little more cap to take it on. That's really the only way that I can see it happening. Other than that, it's just rumors. You never know, but the rumor mill never stops turning. Deshaun Hamilton. Poor guy. He's a Broncos wide receiver. He was kind of like their number three, number four guy, but he's been solid for about three years. He was, uh, the Broncos were thinking about trading, uh, cutting him. Then they were thinking about trading him. And the Niners reportedly almost made the trade. But then he tore his ACL working out at home. That's just, that's just a, an unfortunate thing for everybody. You know, that's just a lose-lose-lose situation there. Obviously, sucks for him. Tears his ACL. He's not going to play this year. Plus, you know, he was going into the final year of his deal, so probably was hoping for, uh, you know, having like a big contract year. Now he's just out with an injury for, you know, the 2021 season. Sucks for the Niners because they could have got him and he was a quality receiver. And it sucks for the Broncos because now they're not going to get anything back for him if they were going to trade him. Now they're just down a receiver. So it's kind of a lose-lose-lose for everybody. Also, there's been a... I think another reason why a lot of people are showing up to the workouts at the team facilities is uh, just because of that rule where if you get hurt and you're not at the team facility, it's counted as a non-football injury. A lot of the times that means that, you know, your injuries, your injuries aren't guaranteed in terms of like pay. So, you know, because his injury happened not at the facility, like, you know, it's it's a non-football injury. Uh, And a lot of the times, you know, that means you don't get your guaranteed money. So that's probably why people are showing up for that. Yeah, and then the last thing that we're going to do before we get into these breakdowns, last little tidbit, Marquise Lee, veteran wide receiver, formerly of the Jaguars. Niners signed him. So, yeah, basically uh, during the uh, rookie minicamp last week, they had a couple guys coming in doing tryouts essentially for the team. Apparently, Marquise Lee showed out and uh, played well enough that team decided to give him a shot. So we will go over that a little bit more and kind of what that means here at the end. So, yeah, today, just doing some film breakdown overviews. It's the final two picks. 
So, you know, we've already went over quarterback, you know, we went over Trey Lance, we went over the right guard, Aaron, or the left guard, probably going to be our starting right guard, Aaron Banks, went over Ambry Thomas, the corner, went over the other corner that we picked up, Diamador Lenore, went over the safety, Talanoa Hafanga, went over running back, Trey Sermon, can't forget about him, third round pick, and today we're going to round it out and uh, finish it up with the last two guys that I've left. A little bit out of order, but hey, you know, you get it how you do it. So we're going to start off with our first pick of the fifth round, and that was offensive tackle Jalen Moore out of, I believe it was Western Michigan. So Jalen Moore, we picked him up with pick number 155. He is... A pretty well-built individual. He's six foot four, came in at 311, 311 pounds. He's got a wide body. He's got a good build, uh, good length overall. He's got like 33 and a half inch arms or so, big hands, like almost 11 inch hands. So what I saw from him, he's a guy who has a lot of the physical tools that you want and just, you know, kind of physical ability that you can't necessarily teach. So he has got power. He's got burst. He's got a fast get off. You know, his first step is pretty good. His big, strong hands. I just mentioned, like they measured 10.75. So nearly 11 inch hands. He can lock on and he he gets a hold of a guy. He is a hold of a guy. That was really like probably the best part about it was just he is very much a a physically gifted individual and the speed of his get off, his movement skills, his hands, his strength and the ability to move the line and, you know, just overpower guys. It was impressive. You know, they don't they don't make people like that. So that was the best thing about him overall was just he is physically gifted unfortunately (laughs) that's uh also kind of part of the reason why he fell a lot was because as physically gifted as he was and honestly like probably the perfect build for a guard just in terms of all those metrics and whatnot the negative side was primarily technique It was so inconsistent, so inconsistent. I remember watching him and I probably watched about, because I had a, I didn't, I didn't watch him at all. Like pre-draft, he wasn't on my radar. Post-draft, I went in, I watched like a game, uh, a little bit. And then last night I watched like three, three and a half games, uh, not quite four games, but you know, a few games. Probably spent, uh, you know, about like 45 minutes going through or an hour just watching his film. The thing that just kept showing up over and over and over and over and over again was just inconsistent footwork, inconsistent base, bad technique, losing his balance, his like his kick step when he was trying to go wide because he played left tackle. It was ugly he got beat over and over again by like speed guys and what I saw was just a guy with you know physical like pretty good like physical gifts who just didn't know 
how to play from a technique standpoint. It was just, it was really difficult because he constantly looked like, especially in pass protection, he looked like he was often like, kind of like flailing around. Guy would go this way. His feet would kick out too wide. He'd lose a little bit of his balance and then he'd get stood up really tall and then he'd get pushed back and then he'd try and lean forward and get over his toes. And he just looked like a guy who was just really off balance really often. I will say that one thing that he was pretty darn good at He's a good run, run blocker. Whenever they were like, hey, you know, we're going to run behind you or we're doing a running play, he was really good. Because, like I mentioned, that get off, those big hands, that power, that burst, those movement skills. When it was just as simple as we're running behind you, we need, to, we need you to block that guy. And then maybe, you know, if you go to the, like the next level, like block another guy, he looked really good. He would be able to, you know, hit a guy, grab onto him, and then just like push him back. Doing like a zone running scheme, which is what primarily, you know, the Niners run is mostly a lot of like outside wide zone, some inside zone. Occasionally they'll do like some trap and power, but mostly, you know, inside and outside wide zones. He was quick, you know, like getting off his block, getting past the first guy reaching over from his position, like crossing over the nose tackle, getting upfield. He was surprisingly nimble, especially getting into that second level. He was surprisingly nimble, uh, getting in between guys and getting to the second level for blocks. So that was primarily what I saw. I mean, and then, oh, also on blocks, setting that backside edge. So, you know, there's straightforward blocking. There's, you know, you're crossing the hat because you're doing like a, a major zone shift. But then also when you're like, you know, blocking off the backside, whew, he was strong. So he could block off uh, that backside there. Overall, I think that's most of kind of what I saw. So just to kind of overview, very physically gifted offensive line prospect he displayed impressive zone run blocking, power, and movement skills with a good get-off. But he really needs to work on his footwork, his base, his balance, his technique. He was just way too often. He looked inconsistent and off balance. What I project from him, I think he's going to be a developmental guard. I don't think he's ready to play. I don't think you want him playing. Even if you do shift him into guard where a little bit of those, you know, kind of weak parts of his skill set are, you know, like the balance, the kick step, you know, especially the, the kick step. If you move him to guard, you don't have to worry about that nearly as much because he's not having to worry about speed rushers off the edge trying to get around him with his like ugly lumbering, like off balance kick step. You put him at guard, that's a little bit better, but still not the best pass protector. If I remember correctly, PFF, his pass protection on like pure pass sets was, it was like average at best. And if you're average across like all of the prospects, that's bad. You know, you want to be at least, at least above average. And he was, he was not that good. So as far as pass protection, no. I don't I don't really trust him in pass protection. Could he develop though? Absolutely. He has all the physical traits. 
And I think that's what they're going to do is, you know, like I mentioned when we talked about Aaron Banks. So this guy's very different from Aaron Banks. Aaron Banks, like I mentioned, was kind of more of just like an extra large zone blocker. You know, like you take your standard Shanahan zone blocker and then just like, you know, add an inch or two of height and like 30 pounds to him and make him really wide. That's Aaron Banks. Very technically proficient, technically consistent. This guy's different. This guy is kind of like the normal kind of Shanahan guard. Surprisingly, like quick get off, you know, like impressive movement skills, but really needs to develop from a technically consistent point of view. So left tackle, Trent Williams, left guard, Lakin Tomlinson. Now, Lakin Tomlinson only has one more year left on his contract. This is a guy that maybe next year he can take over that spot. If he can get coached up and really work on his technique and get more consistent, especially like his base, just his base was so bad. He's got the, he's got the physical traits. He, he just really needs to work on, uh, on his base and get some coaching. So I don't think he's going to be, you know, on playing at all pretty much this year. Unless, obviously, something goes really bad. We don't want that. <laughs> but maybe next year. Maybe next year he kind of slips into that left guard position if they don't decide to continue to move forward with Lake and Tomlinson. So, developmental guard. Maybe in a couple years he can, you know, be a starter. But we'll kind of see. You're At this point, you know, fifth round, fifth round offensive lineman. You're just kind of hoping that a guy can develop into something. Typically, you know, offensive linemen like guards, if you want a quality guard, usually it's like second, third round. But by the time you get to like day three prospects, pretty much any kind of day three prospect, you're kind of just throwing darts and hoping that something hits, you know, based off of like developmental traits or whatever. So anyways, that is Jalen Moore. Next up and the final draft pick of the 49ers 2021 draft was running back Elijah Mitchell. And I really like this guy. This is the guy that I actually had my eye on pre-draft. I was like, hmm, what kind of guy does Shanahan like from a running back? And I remember thinking like typically he likes zone runners who have good speed, kind of like one cut runners with good speed. That was what I was looking for. I was like, who's, and then who's a guy who would be like a late round available pick. And Elijah Mitchell was one of the guys that kept showing up that he would usually kind of be available in like the fifth, sixth, seventh round. And that was when I, I thought that they would be taking a running back. Now, again, they, they took Trey Sermon early, mid third, but they picked up Elijah Mitchell in the sixth. And I like him. I like the fit and the play style. Probably one of the more interesting things about Elijah Mitchell is his weight and his speed. And the reason why I say that is because Elijah Mitchell played at a significantly higher weight than he tested. So when he was playing, right, the last like three years, he was like a three or four year starter. He played a lot of football. When he was playing at 5'11", 
he was playing in like the 215 to 218 pound range. So he was playing as, you know, a bigger, thicker guy, and he looked built. Like, you know, he has the big arms, good-sized legs. He looked built. When he was playing, his speed, he looked like at that playing weight. Again, you're talking like 215, 218-ish. He looked like a mid-4-4 guy. Like, fast, but not, like, crazy fast, you know? Like, you watch Raheem Mostert in the games. He hits full speed instantly. He breaks angles. And he's, you know, we've got Raheem. He's the fastest guy in the NFL the last two years. So, Elijah Mitchell looked like a mid-4-4 guy. Now, what was interesting is that at his pro day, he dropped all the way down to 201. So, he dropped, like... 15 pounds for his pro day and then proceeded to run in the mid four threes. Some people had him as low as a four, three, three. Most of the times that I heard was between four, three, three and four, three, seven. Either way, you're talking sub four, three. So I'm really curious to see what weight he's going to play at. You know, is Shanahan going to say, Hey, we want you to be our speed guy. We want you coming in around like 205, so that way you can have that sub 4-4 speed. Or is Shanahan going to say, hey, we want you to be keep some speed, but also, you know, have a little bit more girth and power behind your runs. We want you to run more at like a 210, 215-ish. I really don't know. I think that's going to be one of the more interesting things with, with Mitchell is to see what his playing weight is because... There's a big difference between running mid four threes at 200 and running mid four fours at 215. And it's going to be interesting to see. Either way, good speed. Remember, Trey Sermon, the other running back, he ran like a almost a four six. And again, these are hand times. These are pro day hand times. So you got to kind of add a little bit for that too. As far as his running style goes, perfect kind of fit with uh, the typical Shanahan scheme. So outside zone scheme, they did some inside zone running. His offensive line was often really hit or miss. A few of the things that I really liked about him, he's not necessarily a shifty or elusive kind of make you miss guy. He's more of a guy who's going to truck you, like run over you, or he's going to run past you. And he runs hard. I like it. Downhill, people in front of him don't care. Hit them, run over them, run through them, running hard. He didn't necessarily have the strongest legs in the sense that he's not going to be a guy who pushes the pile. I didn't see a whole lot of that. I didn't see much like pushing of the pile. Uh, I think part of that is also because he's a very upright runner. He, he's a lot like Raheem Mostert in that sense. His running style is a lot like Raheem Mostert, you know? Not shifty, but like just an upright, I'm going to run really fast, really hard. I'm either going to run over you or I'm going to be so fast and run by you that I break your angle and you can't catch me at that angle. But not necessarily shifty. Like you didn't see a whole lot of him making you miss, but he would run hard. He didn't try and go laterally too much. He was really good at getting north-south, which I like. Because, again, you're doing that outside zone scheme. 
basically, you know, you're going outside and you're just waiting to like, you know, you, you count the hats, so to say, and then you see your gap, you know, which, which is the better matchup in terms of, you know, where the run block is. Do you go left off a guy? Do you go right off a guy? And then that one cut, you see the hole, you hit the hole, get vertical and just go. And that was what he did. He was a north-south runner. He didn't try and, like, bounce around and get too lateral. And he didn't lose yardage. I love that about him. You never saw him, like, running backwards and losing yardage. The only time he lost yardage that I saw, and I watched four games of his, the only time I saw that he lost yardage was when his offensive lineman got blown up and he got tackled in the backfield. And at that point, it's like, what do you do? Like, you hand me the ball and I'm already getting hit. Like... You know, that's that's not his fault. But in terms of what he did, he, he never had negative yardage north-south. He ran really hard. But very much kind of a Raheem Mostert, upright kind of runner. And again, not going to push the pile, but he's going to run hard and he's willing to truck some guys. And he did truck some guys, and it was fun. In terms of the pass game, does have good hands. I remember that at the rookie mini camp, there was a few reports that said he looked like the best catcher at the rookie mini camp. Don't know what that means in terms of everyone else there, but what it means for him is it seems like he has really good hands. He did look like he was pretty comfortable catching the ball. He didn't have the most stats in terms of catching the ball, but he was solid and not many drops. Again, we've got another guy who is good at catching out of the backfield. In terms of pass protection, I really didn't see very much of it. And again, watch like four games. I only really saw him in pass protection. I want to say like stay in like three or four times. And I think it's because he's not that good at it. There was three, it was three or four reps that I saw him doing pass protection. One of them... He was blocking, the left tackle was blocking a guy, and he kind of came over and, like, helped a little bit with, like, a shove. But there was, like, two of them that he just kind of, like, threw his shoulder. And I was like, dude, that's, like, no, that's, no, no, that's not good. There was another one where he tried to, like, chip, take a guy out by, like, diving at his knees. And he, he didn't even do very well at it, so... I am a little bit concerned that he might be a liability in terms of pass protection, unlike Trey Sermon, who was really good at pass protection. But, hey, who knows? Maybe it's something that they can coach up, and maybe they'll tell him, like, hey, you're not seeing the field until you can pass pro. And then he'll be like, all right, fine. Like, I'll do it. I think it might just be that maybe they never asked him to because, again, like, all those games – I only saw him do pass protection a couple times. Usually what he would do is he would look for a quick second and then they would just have him leak out on like a little option route, you know, where he leaks out and then he like finds an open zone underneath, you know, two, three, four, five yards up. So that way he can be like a dump off, you know, or a check down for the quarterback. And he was used a lot like that. There were a lot more reps that I saw where he leaked out as a check down and made a catch. So again, don't think he's very good in terms of pass protection. I just hated that he was just like throwing shoulders more than actually attempting to pass protect. But hey, that was just what I saw. He did play like three, you know, solid, full, consistent years. So maybe he does have some good reps in there. I just didn't see him. 
But, you know, it is what it is. Another kind of uh, one thing I do really like is just he has been consistently productive. Consistently productive. He can carry the load, and he doesn't have any serious injury things. The last three seasons that he played in college, he carried the ball at least 140 times. Year prior to that, 190 times. Year prior to that, 140 times. So he's not quite cracking that like 200 mark, but that's more than he's probably going to be carrying with the Niners. And if he can carry the ball 140, 190, 140 times, three years consistently without any serious injuries, that's a good thing. Consistently productive. And again, one of my favorite metrics in terms of running backs, yards per carry after contact, four. Again, we got another guy who gained four yards after contact per attempt. So overall, I like him. I think he's a good fit. So again, just kind of overview. He's an upright, hard-running, downhill, one-cut zone runner. He wants to truck you or run past you. He's got good hands, size, and speed. Just all-around good running back. I just wonder what weight he's going to play because I think that'll tell us a lot about how the how the Niners view his uh, fit with the team and what they're kind of going to do play style-wise. Projection, I think he's going to be running back number four this year. Uh, I think he's going to back up Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr., who are very similar. Or sorry, I'll just say Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., final year of their contract. They both only have one year. I think Trey Sermon is very similar to Jeff Wilson Jr., probably a better one. In terms of, you know, like a, uh, a contact, balance, powerful runner. And I think that Eli Mitchell is very similar to Raheem Mostert in terms of kind of being your downhill speed guy. I think next year we could see running backs 1 and 2 or 1A, 1B be Sermon and Mitchell. I think it's going to be a really fun camp out. This running back room is stacked. Like our running back room, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., Trey Sermon, Eli Mitchell, Wayne Gallman. I mean, that's like you're five deep right there. That's five quality backs. And that's before you even get to Jamichael Hasty. He's running back six. I I think Gallman's the odd man out, and I think that Hasty's probably gonna be a practice squad guy. So I'm gonna have to make this a little bit quicker. <laughs> So finishing up, again, we did sign veteran wide receiver Marquise Lee. So he stood out during the rookie minicamp tryouts last week. Just to give you a quick rundown on him, Marquise Lee, uh, he's six foot tall, about 195 pounds, kind of that like good all-around size of receiver. Coming out of college, he ran a 4.5240, so solid but not spectacular speed. And he was drafted in the second round in 2014. I want to say out of USC. So very talented, like, you know, receiver coming out. His first four years in the league. First year didn't do a whole lot. Years two, three, and four, he was a really solid wide receiver two, wide receiver three with the Jaguars. And he was pretty productive. Granted, that was with a very bad quarterback, Blake Bortles. So his best year, 2016, he had 63 catches for 850 yards 
And then 2017, the last year of his rookie contract, he had 56 catches for 700 yards. He ended up getting like a, I think like a $30 million extension. And then the next year, 2018, had a terrible knee injury towards ACL, MCL, and PCL. I want to say that was like preseason too. So it was rough. Didn't play at all 2018. He was on injured reserve. 2019, he kind of had some lingering injuries. And he only had three total catches in 2019 for, I want to say like 36 yards. Just not, didn't look good coming back from the injury. And then 2020, or he got cut. And then in 2020, Signed with the Patriots, but ended up opting out of the 2020 season. Overall, just good route runner, good hands, good ball tracking, adjusting well to the catch. He was more sudden than fast. I don't know what we should really expect from him. I will say it's been three years since the knee injury, so we would hope that he's fully healthy. And it's not really surprising that he would stand out at a rookie minicamp being, you know, a highly like a very talented veteran wide receiver. So who knows? Maybe he is productive, you know, three years post-knee injury by the time the season comes around. I think what this ultimately means is they signed Mark Easley and they ended up cutting Austin Prohl. The camp competition level just got increased, you know? Like, now, camp, there is really, there's a lot of competition for this wide receiver room. We know who wide receiver one and two are. That's Ayuk and Debo. We know that. But positions three through six, we really don't know who receivers three, four, five, and six are going to be. Because typically they keep six receivers. There's about 12 guys right now, 10 or 12 guys competing for four spots. And it's going to be really interesting to see who stands out in training camp and in preseason because we really don't know who the other receiver is going to be. I really like, though, that at the very least, you increased the level of competition for training camp to at least now you have multiple quality options. While I don't know who it's going to be, I do feel a lot more confident knowing that we've got about 10 quality guys competing for four spots. We'll see what happens. Obviously, we really won't know anything until like training camp and preseason reports come out. And that's in the future, a couple months. But, you know, they signed him, so we got to talk about it. So we're just going to finish up. Next time, I'm going to go over the schedule. So full schedule got released. Dates, matchups, everything is out. And I'm going to do a full schedule breakdown. All 17 games. And I think I want to I wanna kind of focus on interesting matchups in each of those games. Because uh, people, a lot of times, they like to do, like, you know, are we going to win this? Are we going to lose that? Blah, 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 blah. I'm more interested in, like, hey, what's, what's going to be, like, a fun matchup that we can kind of look forward to? Because, I mean, the record's going to be the record. But what, what are some fun things to talk about for each of these games? So that's what we're going to talk about next time. So thanks for listening. Appreciate all five of you. <laughs> if there's more than five, hey, that's awesome because I just started doing this and I think I've had like 60 total downloads and I think 50 of them are just me and my girlfriend downloading it, listening and critiquing it. So props to you. And uh, yeah, subscribe, rate, review if you want to do that. It always helps. Currently, I've got one five-star review. I gave it to myself. Go me. Woo. 
And yeah, other than that, hope you have an awesome day. Catch you next time.